thank you so much, choir. What is it about sometimes those last words that people share that really kind of grab our attention? Or maybe you're going down the street and there's a church sign that's got this pithy little phrase on there that just kind of grabs you. I, I kind of had that this week and uh, I saw a bumper sticker. Now, I don't know why, but I don't have any bumper stickers on my car. But it, it, this kind of thing I saw on the internet, actually, not on the back of a car, but it was a bumper sticker. Just kind of showed up on my browser and it said, welcome to San Diego, now go home. And I'm actually told that kind of thing exists. Maybe it's been a few years ago, but there it was. And, uh, and soon there was another, and it was, enjoy San Diego, then go home. Now, I've been to San Diego, and it's a wonderful place. I have to say, it was great weather. Everybody was friendly. It was a bustling place. And in fact, I'm told now it's the eighth largest city in the U.S., and I can see why. I mean, just wonderful views. But apparently there's people there that think it's big enough now. And come and see us and enjoy this place, but then go home. And to help with that, I understand they put the airport right in the middle of town. So I'm thinking about that today as I'm pondering these texts for Transfiguration Sunday. This Sunday as we are ready to head into Lent. And I'm thinking about this Matthew text and Jesus going up into the mountain, I'm thinking about this Exodus text where Moses is going up into the mountain. And it really challenges me today. Enjoy the mountain, now go home. Because, you know, really we live in two dimensions in the Christian life. One is this mountaintop experience where we're challenged in life and we go up the mountain and we meet Jesus Christ and it changes our life. Or we're in a wonderful service or you go to a Christian concert and the music just makes the hair stand up on your head and, and you're like, surely this is something wonderful. And you live in that moment of the mountaintop, the joy of the mountain. But then, you know, there's also that other dimension of going into the valley and you go forth to live the Christian life every day among the people, sharing God's love, ministering to those who are hurting and feeling left out, those that are hungry for water, the living water, and you go forth to share. We live in these two, two dimensions. And I want to think for just a moment, you know, I really pity the person who has never gone up to the mountain. You know, it used to be in the ancient times that you would go up to mountain to get closer to God. And we seem to be doing that here in the scripture. Jesus going up to the mountain. Maybe it was Mount Hermon, some say, where some of us were here just a couple of weeks ago. Or maybe it was Mount Sinai, Moses going up. And, you know, we kind of do that today, don't we? I have been to the Smoky Mountains more than once. I've gone to the Blue Ridge Mountain. I can tell you there's a wonderful places. And you're up there when the sun is rising or the sun is setting, and it's just breathtaking. And you realize how smart you are in comparison to God and God's creation. And you just see the grandeur of it all and the amazing creation that God has given to us. 
And Moses there went up to the top of Mount Sinai because God had called him to. And God said, come up to me on this mountain and wait here. And it says that I, I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandments which I have written for their instructions. And Moses there went and he stayed on the mountain for some 40 days and nights. Isn't it something to be there for 40 days on the mountaintop? I had a family in one of the churches I served, and they had a youngster, a little toddler, uh, maybe a year and a half old, that clapped for everything. They clapped all the time. They brought him food, or here was a baby carrots or whatever it was, and they clapped. Or if the dog was doing something, they clapped. Or if mom or dad was playing with him, they clapped. Or the brother did something, they clapped. Or something on TV they didn't understand, they would clap. And the parents said one time, we only worry that someday she'll stop. And there's the terrible twos. But to ascend the mountain of exhilaration and exaltation, to be in the presence of God there on the mountain, it's to be aware of the majesty of God. Uh, it, it's to experience this unbridled joy. And to know that even though there's challenges in this life, that all is well, it's to know it is well with my soul. There is peace. There is hope. What a thrill to be in the presence of God. And, you know, that kind of exhilaration, I think, is really instinctive in our hearts. People want a sense of acceptance in this day and age. People want hope. People need to know that they're right with God. They're at rest and there's peace. And there is joy and relief. And I believe there's that kind of hunger within the human heart. And really in the story of the transfiguration as we know it there in Luke 9 or over in the Matthew text, who can blame Simon Peter for saying, well, we ought to build three tents here. We need three little homes. We need three little booths, one for the master, one for Moses, one for Elijah, so they can just stay here. So we can all be on this kind of mountaintop experience all the time. Simon wanted to capture that thrilling moment of being closer to God uh, than he'd ever been before. And, you know, part of me wanted to stay in the Holy Land. Each of those sites you go to, you just want to seek, soak it in. You want to be reminded this is a place where Jesus taught and, and talked and, and walked. And it's just kind of amazing. And I think even the most callous of unbelievers, those who doubt the most, would really give it all to have that kind of experience, to know that there is more to life and to be in the presence of God. And I really pity the person who really never ascends that mountain, who never sees the glory of God. And also, I pity those even more who yearn for the mountain, but they refuse the valley of service. I worked at Billy Graham Crusade one time, and they started off by saying that Billy Graham really doesn't believe in mass evangelism. And I'm kind of thinking, well, wait a minute, I've been to these crusades, I've seen it on TV. And then they go on to say, well, Billy Graham really believes in one-on-one -on -one evangelism on a mass scale. And that's why you're here today to work with people who come forward, that you can pray with them and speak these words as they are praying through and meeting God. And there was somebody one time, I recall, that had a question about that, that they asked Billy Graham, and they said, do all these people who come forward, does it really last? 
And somebody else said, well, what if it doesn't last? And you know, that's, that's really something to think about, isn't it? These people that come forward, does it last? The people that go up to the mountain, do they really have a changed experience in their life? You know, well, perhaps it is. I mean, is it better than nothing you might say? Maybe, but maybe not. I mean, think about it. Uh, some people have this mountaintop experience and they come and they hear the word and it's exciting in the moment. And somehow they put it in a bottle and they slip it into their pocket and they go on their merry way thinking that's it. And then they come at the holiday time, maybe at Christmas Eve or on Easter, and they open the bottle and they realize there's nothing there. It's evaporated. It's only a distant memory or a pleasant thought. But because they had been on the mountain, even for a moment, they think they possess the real thing. I remind you in this story that here in Exodus 24, that Moses took Aaron and his two sons, Abihu and and Nadab, and they went up the mountain, but you know what? In Leviticus chapter 5, Nadab and Abihu, they disobey the Lord, and they are slain. And evidently, they really didn't have this kind of encounter, even though they were there with these 70 elders. You know, the Bible says that when we come face to face with God, and we accept Christ, we become new creatures in Christ Jesus, and we are transformed I remind you, too, that Jesus did come down the mountain. And the only kind of mountain experience, this mountaintop worth experiencing, is one that really leads us down the mountain into the valley. Just as Jesus, Jesus, I remind you, came down the mountain. Somebody said over there in the Holy Land, uh, this Charlton Heston, and we were remembering some of these great movies that we've seen in our lifetime, like the Ten Commandments or Ben-Hur and... He was asked one time, I saw it, you know, playing these kinds of characters, did it change your life spiritually? And he said, you know what, you can't come down barefoot Mount Sinai and not be changed from being a different person. And that's probably the clue, isn't it, to that real mountaintop experience, an authentic mountaintop experience where Christ leaves you a changed person. And you begin to see the world in a different way. As a teenager, I went on a field trip, and we went to an art gallery. And we were ushered in first to a, a, a dim room. And the tour guy said, well, we're bringing you in here for about 10 minutes. That way you can get the glare of the sun out of your eyes, adjust your eyes. And then you could see these beautiful pieces of artwork like you really need to see them. And I think that's what the mountaintop experience does. It in some way gets the glare out of our eyes all the things that we kind of think about and the, our lens that we look through life and we see it from God's point of view. We see how God can change our lives. I hope you have received a blessing today. I hope you've been encouraged by these young people. I hope it has stirred your soul. I hope the music has really spoken to you and inspired you. I hope our prayer time has brought you closer to God. I hope the words of Scripture has strengthened you today because there are really people out in the valley of life that need your testimony, that need those words spoken to them, those people that you pass on the street or work beside in your cubicle or family members in your home or neighbors there beside you. 
they need to hear the message of Jesus Christ. And so I say, welcome to the mountain. Now go home. Let us pray. Almighty God, may your spirit be upon our hearts here this day. How good it is for all of us to be together and just take a pause from life and, and to step back and, and to know there's something more than this life and that you have a place prepared for those who love you. And how we just pray, God, that we would every day go forth just as your son Jesus went into the valley among the lame and the leper, among the hurting and the dying, and how you brought healing, how you brought real healing, physical healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing. Lord, use each of us to be compassionate utensils in your hand to bless those around us as we go forth from this wonderful place into the valley of service. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.